Rabbis call him pastor. Pastors call him rabbi. His patients call him doc. And his New York family calls him Meshuga, crazy, because he believes in Messiah. Welcome to this episode of To Life, where Miles Weiss highlights the hope behind the headlines. Shalom, all y'all. Welcome to this edition of To Life, the hope behind the headlines. Today, I have a very special guest, Stuart Winograd, who is the CEO, founder, and chief rabbi of Reach Initiative International. They have a ministry to Holocaust survivors in Belarus, all throughout Israel, and they also reach out to Israelis traveling in India. He's got a remarkable story, incredible work. And uh, we have an amazing and supernatural story about how we met and came to know each other, which uh, I think you'll find amusing and also profound in terms of God's ability to bring us into contact with the right people at the right time. And so without further ado, welcome Stuart Winograd. Stuart, my brother from another mother, uh, it's so good to be with you. I have been enjoying sowing into your ministry, our ministry to yours, and, and connecting you with people around the world that are helping you do the amazing work that you're doing. I think we need to start with kind of the humorous, phenomenal story of how we met. Like we were at the, what's it called? Messianic Leadership Roundtable. Is that right? Is that what Jonathan calls it? Yeah, that's it. It's great to be here with you. And it was the MLR, the Messianic Leaders Roundtable. Yeah, several years ago. And I saw your name tag, Winograd, not a typical name that you run into a lot, even in New York. It's not a very typical name. But we were in Arizona, I think, at this uh, conference for leaders around the world that Jonathan Burns graciously invites us all to and, and hosts us for several days. Yes. And I saw your last name and I thought, I said, do you have any relatives in New York? You said, yeah. I said, do you have any relatives named Mel? And you said, Yeah. And I said, is he an accountant, CPA? And you said, yeah. And I think I saw a little flutter in your eyes as, as something was touching you about your father, who I knew as my mom's uh, CPA, my mom's accountant. I would go in and out of New York before we moved my mom out here to California to get saved and go to heaven, hallelujah. But I was interacting with your dad for about 10 years, I think, always as a quote-unquote Jew for Jesus, driving him nuts with the gospel because I was zealous on fire and young in the Lord. And now I think there were tears in your eyes and you said, that's my dad. Yeah, it was definitely a divine encounter. And uh, just the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, as soon as you began speaking, began touching me. You know, my father passed away in 2008 and uh, I had spoken about my father with many different people and, you know, was able to speak without emotion overwhelming me. But as soon as you started to speak, I mean, I didn't have any idea what was going on. The Holy Spirit touched me and uh, really uh, there were tears and uh, I was surprised myself. And uh, you didn't know this, but I was a, a, a born-again Jewish follower of Yeshua since 1977. And, uh, of course, I was speaking to my dad often about the Messiah of Israel, Yeshua, Jesus, and he was not interested. 
uh, as a matter of fact, he was pretty firm with my my dad was a was a very loving and noble guy, but a tough guy from New York, and he yeah. wasn't interested in this stuff, and he'd be pretty tough on me at times. Although he did love my family very much and appreciated us. But uh, when you started speaking and, and these tears started rising up, I'm thinking, what's going on? And then it all became clear because through the years, I prayed that God would send people to my father, believers like Miles Weiss and others to my father that would share with him the love and salvation that we can only find in Messiah Yeshua. And when my father passed away, I had asked the Lord, why didn't you ever send anybody to my father? I know you sent people to my mother, my brother, my sister, but not to my father. And then there it was. The Lord was demonstrating to me that he was faithfully answering my prayers and sent Miles Weiss to love on my dad and to share the good news of the Jewish Messiah with him. So it was like amazing. I know, you know why this is so important, Stuart, is obviously for you and your dad, but for our listeners, this is a good reason <laughs> to believe in the invisible and not count on the visible. In a sense that, that how often do I find that we pray a prayer and then somebody else fulfills that in a way that we could never have done. For anybody that's listening and you're praying for loved ones, you're asking about what the hope behind the headlines is for them at this point. Believe in the invisible hand of the Lord, like we see in Esther. We just came through Purim, like we see in Esther. The invisible hand of God, not mentioned by name in the book, and yet God arranges the players on the, the chessboard of life in 3D to accomplish things that we can't do ourselves. And so often when I'm counseling people, you know, Stuart, that's my day job as I'm a therapist. And when I'm counseling them, I say, this sounds like you can do more in prayer than you can do in public. And so pray, because often God will send someone from out of the blue. He'll raise an Esther. He'll bring someone across the path of your loved one. One sows, one plants, one waters, but God brings the increase and this is one of those astounding uh, versions of that I've ever been with, which is that your dad was a tough guy. I love that. He was a tough guy in a good way. You know, and I'm from New York, too, so I get it. And uh, I don't really fit in California, but I'm trying. It's only been 40 years. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I just was so brash in my witness that he was constantly, every time I was with my mom visiting her or being there, he was just subjected to the good news in my zealous naivete, I guess. And uh, God knows, you know, God knows. So for our listeners, I want you to be encouraged by this story. Not only did God send me as a least likely suspect to be part of Mel's life, but answered Stuart's prayer. This is, this is for you. This is for you, the listener, that, that God can do things that you cannot do. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And, you know, I want to encourage your listeners with two other things about this story. I am so thankful that God sent Miles Weiss to my father, and we've become friends since then. But you know what's interesting? My father never once mentioned to Miles that he had a son who was a Messianic Jewish uh, believer, a follower of Yeshua. And my father never mentioned Miles to me, never mentioned me to Miles, but God brought it all about in his timing to reassure our hearts 
that he was responding to prayer. And one other thing that's super encouraging, the last conversation I had with my father before he passed away in 2008, I was again sharing with him in uh, the most loving and respectful way that I could about the Messiah and the salvation and love that he brings to Jewish people and the people of the nations. And after a few minutes, my father gave me a couple of minutes and he said, Stuart, you're making me uncomfortable. I know you believe this stuff, but I don't, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Now, at that moment, you know, I, I already was aware that it might be one of my last conversations, if not my last with my father. So I just kind of, you know, grabbed at the air, so to speak. And I said, Dad, can I just share one other thing with you before we stop? And I didn't know what I would say, but I just knew I had to say one more thing. And in my dad's typical uh, manner, affectionate but firm, he said, one last thing, and then you shut up. <laughs> it's so New York. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's very New York, but it's affectionate, you know, uh, affectionate but tough. So then I just said to him, I said, Dad, it just came to me, you know, I believe by the Lord. I said, Dad, you know, sometimes when we're passing from this earth, Yeshua comes to people. And if he comes to you, just say yes and embrace him. Wow. And so those were my last words to my dad. And then three weeks later, I was actually in California at the time, Miles. My mom calls me and uh, she says, uh, son, your dad has passed away, but I don't believe he's gone. I said, what do you wow. mean, mom? And she says, well, the nurse is here and she says he's gone, but I'm here with your niece. And my niece was about 20 years old a very secular person down to earth, uh, not spiritual at all. And my mom says, both me and your niece, we see your dad's face is shining and he's wow. 20 years younger. Wow. And so, you know, I've seen people who've passed away and it's not often that you see their face shining and they look 20 years younger. So I can't say for sure, but I have a, an inner sense that uh, Yeshua appeared to my father as he was passing from this earth and that my father said yes and embraced him. So that's a comfort to my heart. Wow, that is really, uh, <laughs> it's very encouraging both to me and I think to everybody that's listening. What did Churchill say? Never, never, never give up. Like keep praying and believing that God can touch. I, I depend on the mercy and judgment of God. I, I know his character a little bit, enough to know that there's a lot I don't know about everything, but I trust the mercy and the character of God that he will redeem as possible. I'll tell you a funny story. This is not about us particularly, but when I was a new, new, new believer, I was following Ephraim Goldstein, you probably know him, yeah. around the world in the Bay Area. And we went to the, the home of a, a, of a Jewish guy who was dying of AIDS. We got to his house and he had all these Buddhist things around, you know, all this junk in his, in his house. And Brian went, uh-oh. And so we went to the hospital and this guy was, he was dying of AIDS. He was a bag of bones. I mean, there was nothing there physically. It was so painful. And Ephraim instructed me as the new kid, just read these Psalms. So I'm reading Psalms over this guy. 
And then Ephraim says, Alan, this is Ephraim. And this guy's on a ventilator. He's barely there. He's like just right between the veil. He's at the edge. And Ephraim says, uh, Alan, this is Ephraim. Do you remember what we've talked about for the last few months? Because he had faithfully spent time with this guy talking about the good news of the gospel and, and Yeshua as a Jewish Messiah to this young man. And he said, do you remember what we've been talking about these years? If, if you are ready and if you are going, would you acknowledge that Yeshua is Messiah and Stuart is God is my witness. This guy who was dead, 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 raised his hand to the heavens and then put it back down and he died that night. And I thought, wow, there's a lot I don't know <laughs> about life, death, and eternity. And yeah. what I need to do is lean into and trust the Lord. I, I got nothing else, you know. And so it's very encouraging for me to hear about that testimony from your mom and your secular, was it a niece, cousin? Yeah, mm -hmm. neat. Wow. Yeah, you know, and uh, if you'll allow me, I think the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, is kind of leading us a little bit in this direction. And uh, I'd like to share one other story with folks to encourage them. Absolutely. So regarding my mom, as I indicated before, but just to make clear, mom's side, dad's side, Jewish, as far as we can trace our lineage, uh, Ashkenazi Jews from Eastern Europe. And so uh, my mom, who always believed in the God of Israel, but, uh, you know, wasn't real knowledgeable, uh, when I first came to faith, she said to me, and it's important for people to know that this is a real wall for Jewish people. She said to me, Stuart, how can you join with the Christians who have persecuted our people for centuries in Europe? And uh, my mom didn't understand that I was actually doing the most Jewish thing that was possible, and that is to believe in the Messiah that was promised to our people from Moses, even Abraham, Moses, on through all of the prophets throughout the centuries. And so over time, my mom would see, and she would say to me, she would say, Stuart, you've become such a better person, <laughs> uh, such a better Jew. Why don't you just get rid of this Jesus and everything will be perfect? And I would say, Mom, I'm a better Jew and I'm a better person because of this Jesus, this Yeshua. And my mom became very impressed, not only with how God was changing my life, but uh, my wife, who's not Jewish, but has the heart of Ruth Chantal. He's, she's my best friend and partner in ministry more than 40 years and uh going on our 11th grandchild pretty soon, four kids, 11 grandchild. But back to the story, me and my wife and my four kids, we had been loving on my mother, praying, sharing when, when we could about Yeshua. Uh, and it was five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And, you know, you feel like giving up. And you talked about perseverance. Many times I felt like, Lord, how long? You know, I just feel like giving up. But at the age of 82, my mom shared with me that she, even though she believed in, in God all of her life, she said, I'm afraid to die and I'm afraid to meet God. And that was my opportunity to again share with her why she does not 
need to be afraid to meet God. She does not need to be afraid to die because Yeshua died for our sins and rose from the grave, and he's going to escort us into the presence of our Heavenly Father, and it's going to be an embrace, nothing to be afraid of if we know Yeshua. And so at the age of 82, after we prayed and loved on my mom for 36 years, she said, you know God, uh, and I asked her, do you believe what I'm telling you about Yeshua? And she said, yes. And I said, do you want to pray just to seal that relationship with him? And uh, I had invited a a friend of mine, because this conversation went over two days, and I invited this friend of mine who's a Messianic rabbi as well uh, to join me the next day because uh, I was in fear and trembling, and uh, I, I just needed some help and support. And my mom prayed, and when I went out of that room uh, with my rabbi friend, Steve, I said, Steve, was it real? Was it good? Was it right? He said, relax, your mom embraced Yeshua. And then I had some wonderful moments with my mom after that, where me and my wife, Chantal, would sit with her and she would say, teach me how to pray, teach me how to be close to God. And uh, it was just so beautiful and powerful. So never give up, like you said, never give up. 36 years of praying and loving on my beloved Yiddish mama, my Jewish mama. And uh, she came to the understanding that Yeshua, the Messiah of Israel, was the lover of her soul. And he not only would give her good things on this earth, but he would escort her into eternity to be forever embraced and in the presence of God. Nothing to fear. Death, no. Fear God if you know Yeshua, no. Wow. That is so encouraging. You know, I think Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, is leading us in a direction that's very personal. And I want to get to what you're doing in ministry and how important that is to our people and to the world. But you reminded me that when I was on a mission to Africa, first time I ever went to Africa, my mom was already out here. We had had her in our home. At a certain point, I had my mom and my firstborn son in diapers in our home. And it was hard on my wife. She never complained. But I thought we have to get some help. And so we were able to get her into a Christian-oriented facility where they were very open to having the gospel come in at least once a week and people visiting all the time. And so we were there. And my mom, this is one of my favorite stories. I'm in Africa doing what I know how to do at the moment to serve God. And while I'm there, my mom is in her facility. She comes to a prayer meeting that our local congregation was holding every week. And uh, at the end of the sermon, this young man, John, which he knows who he is, uh, he he gave a salvation call. You know, do you want to give your life to Yeshua? And my mom raised her hand. Mm. <laughs> Poor young man was in total shock. And so he went to her and he said, Hannah, do you know what you're doing? And she said, just don't tell Miles. <laughs> <laughs> she got saved. Still with the New York attitude of don't give him any credit yeah. for this. And hallelujah, you know, her, her whole life changed. She was already in decline. There were a lot of things going on physically and mentally. But she became the most pleasant version of my mom that I had ever known. And so for several years, we were able to minister with her to her. And then she went to heaven in, I think it was 2000. And uh, you got to love the the humor and the, the ever-reaching power 
of God, that he's not willing that any should perish, but all come to everlasting life. And we have these very personal stories of how he arranges those things way beyond what we can do. Amen. I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> In my young naivete and zealousness, just annoying your dad about Jesus, and then finding out that you'd been praying for him fervently, and I didn't even know you were a believer. I mean, that's, yeah. you can't make this stuff up. It's outrageous. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, and this word love, you know, God is love, you know, and Yeshua is the manifestation of love in human form. Love and truth come together. Love, truth, justice, mercy, grace come together in Yeshua. And it's amazing. And, uh, you know, one of the scriptures that God really imparted to me early on in my walk with the Lord comes from Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, and it's, and it's really become the central scripture of the ministry uh, that God has called us to around the world. And it goes like this, be imitators of God, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Messiah loved us and gave himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so, you know, uh, sometimes when we talk about being a believer, a messianic believer or a Christian, we forget that the heart of this is really allowing God to make us more and more like Yeshua. And this scripture makes it really clear. When we accept Yeshua as our Savior and Lord, we are beloved sons and daughters of the creator of the universe, our Abba, our Father, who created all things. And because we are beloved sons and daughters, out of that, we can allow God to transform us, to make us more and more like Yeshua in every way, and especially be imitators of him in the way he loved and served others. And, uh, you know, the way he loved and served others is tells us in this in this verse he gave himself you know sometimes we talk about ministry but it really should be a lifestyle where i think we can summarize yeshua's lifestyle by saying motivated by love and compassion yeshua consistently gave himself served for the benefit of others he sacrificed served motivated by love for the benefit of others. And this should be the lifestyle of all of us who are followers of Yeshua. And so this is the central verse really for uh, me and my wife in many ways and for uh, our ministry teams that we train in uh, Israel, in Belarus, which is in Eastern Europe located between Poland and uh, Russia, in India and in North America. So this is a perfect segue into, of all parts of the ministry kingdom world, how have you and Chantal and, and your family been drawn to what I call the least of these? How is it that you are so involved with not only the Israelis on the run in India after their military service, but also the few remaining Holocaust survivors who have been so devastated by the works of this world? And yet you are bringing hope and practical help to those groups. Can you kind of explain that evolution to us? How did you wind up 
doing that particular thing? Yeah, sure. The foundation of it is of it all is what God put in our hearts from the beginning of our walk with him many decades ago, that we are called to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to be living sacrifices, and to love our neighbors ourself. And we have a little saying, we seek by the grace of God to love people into the kingdom of God one at a time. By his grace, we seek to love people into the kingdom of God one at a time. And we we try to model that and uh, equip others in our congregations and our ministry teams in different places. To answer more directly your question, in 1994, when our good friend Jonathan Burnus was doing outreach evangelistic festivals in the former Soviet Union, we joined him on one in Minsk, Belarus. And uh, again, Belarus is located between Russia and Poland. And uh, it was at that festival that God confirmed to us that we are to move with our four children to the broken land of Belarus, leave the prosperity and good life of of America and move there. And we did in 1995, February, uh, we got the call in August. It was confirmed in October of 94 and in February, because the Lord said, hurry, we moved there. And we understood Belarus had been decimated by the Nazi regime. So we understood that in addition to uh, planting a Messianic Jewish congregation in the capital city, Minsk, uh, that we would need to minister to Holocaust survivors because our Jewish people, more than 90% of them, 800,000, were murdered by the Nazi killing machine on the soil of Belarus. And we knew that God wanted us to minister to the survivors of the Holocaust in that land. And so uh, from the beginning, we we uh, began to develop a relationship with the leaders of the National Association in Belarus, and uh, God gave us a great compassion for them. You know, I always say, Stuart's love is small, but when Stuart submits and allows God's love to flow through him, it becomes very big because it's Yeshua's love working in and through me. And God gave me and my wife just a, an amazing, huge love for the survivors of the Holocaust. And we have been serving survivors in the land of Belarus for 25 years now, 26 almost. And uh, about uh, a decade ago, the Lord put on my heart to begin taking that ministry to the land of Israel. So I began sowing seeds and seven years ago, he opened that door. And today we are serving uh, Holocaust survivors throughout the land of Belarus And uh, in five different cities in Israel, we're serving more than 400 survivors in Israel week after week and uh, uh, more than a uh, hundred survivors in in the land of Belarus. So God just gave us this compassion and he, he just helped us. He gave us his approach to them. And basically it was to serve, 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 sacrifice, 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 bless, honor, without expecting anything in return. And we train teams in Belarus and Israel, and uh, we've just seen God do amazing things. I mean, amazing things that blow my mind 
in the lives of, of the survivors. We organized the biblical feast for them. We're doing a big thing on Passover. We take them on excursions to biblical sites. We organize home groups. We call them warm houses for them. And before the pandemic, because we develop relationships with them, that's our goal, to love them into the kingdom, to give them practical help, honor, bless them, joy, but to love them into the kingdom just like everybody else because, you know, it's a good thing to help people practically, and we need to, and it's the Bible and it's Yeshua's way. But we want to be with folks. We want to be with our Jewish people and all people forever and eternity as well, you know? And so... uh we seek to love them into the kingdom of God. And one of the amazing things that has happened, as I mentioned, before the pandemic, we were doing 120 home visits to Holocaust survivors every single month because they trust us and they welcome us and our team members into their homes. But that had to stop during the pandemic. And that was heartbreaking for us and for them. But there was a silver lining, uh, Miles. And that is that many of the survivors became more hungry for spiritual answers. Amen. We were staying close to them through phone calls. And when they needed to get to doctor's appointments, we were helping them. If they didn't have family, we're family to many of them, like family to many of them. We'd help them get to the doctor's appointments. We'd be bringing fresh produce right to their doorsteps, different gifts just to encourage them. And During this pandemic, since last April, with this renewed hunger in many more of the survivors, nine Holocaust survivors have prayed to receive Yeshua. Amen. I need to take a moment here. Uh, I don't know how to do this, but this is my version of a commercial break. Here's what I think. If you're listening to this and you're a Christian and you're a believer in Jesus, Yeshua, I want to encourage you to invest in REACH Initiative International, RII, Stuart and Chantal's ministry. They are your arms and your legs in blessing Israel. So many of us have a a romantic idea about Israel, but there are others like Stuart that are doing the work on the ground, that are reaching for Jewish people for salvation and healing and comfort. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, Isaiah said. This is an incredible opportunity for you, our listeners, to partner with Stuart and his wife and the family and all of the ministries in a very practical way, reach out and touch the children of Abraham. We don't know. We, I'm sorry. We don't know Jesus. We don't know our Lord. But, but Stuart and his friends and family are doing the work on the ground in a loving and merciful way, reach out for salvation, for eternity, for the Jewish people, which was the original promise to Abraham. And so I just want to encourage you, and you'll see in the show notes how to do it, but I want to encourage you to partner with and to support and send Stuart and his team to the hearts of those that need to know our Messiah. Sorry, man, I kind of lost it. Brother, I love you, man, and thank you. I know that uh, the Lord has given you a great love for people, our Jewish people, and and the Holocaust survivors that we serve. We consider it a privilege, a real privilege and a great responsibility to serve Holocaust survivors in Israel and in Belarus, and we would consider it an honor 
and uh, a privilege if any of your listeners chose to pray for us and to partner with us. And I just want to let folks know Passover is starting on March 27th, just in uh, about 11 days from now. And because the Holocaust survivors have been in, in lockdown and isolated for about a year now, and things are opening up in Israel and a little bit more in Belarus, we decided to go all out and bring them really special Passover gifts right to their doorsteps. And we're going to do this for 500 Holocaust survivors, for more than 400 in Israel and the rest in Belarus. We are going to bring special Passover gifts right to their doorsteps and because there's no lockdown, we're going to organize uh, special Passover celebrations for up to 20. We're going to be allowed, it looks like, in Israel to do this. And they, the survivors love this and uh, they're longing for it. We're going to organize special Passover seders, celebrations for Holocaust survivors in a number of cities in Israel. And right now we have a, we're seeking to raise $15,000 for our Passover uh, initiative to bless Holocaust survivors. And we have a matching gift of 7500 which means every dollar you give will be matched dollar for dollar until we reach our $15,000 goal. And uh, $30 will provide uh, a special Passover gift and uh, just our our opportunity together to bless Holocaust survivors. So uh, if you're so moved to uh, join us in that, we would be honored and privileged. And I, I can guarantee you the Holocaust survivors are going to experience great love and great joy. And know once again that followers of Yeshua never forget them. And we honor and love them. And we're always going to be there for them. And by the way, Miles, that is what the Lord spoke to us. He said, be there for as many Holocaust survivors as I will enable you to be for as long as they live on the earth. And we have committed ourselves to that mandate that the Lord has given to us. Um, I really want to exhort. <laughs> that was a great presentation of what's going on. I want to exhort our listeners to get connected directly to RII, to get connected to Reach Initiative International and and put feet to your faith. You know, many of us have a sentimental view of Israel and the Jewish people. I think it was Netanyahu who said, you know, Christians love the dead Jews, but we're not so sure about the living Jews. <laughs> I, I'm paraphrasing. Maybe I don't want to get in trouble, but here's the thing. I think that this is a really important opportunity for everyone listening to partner with bringing Jesus, Yeshua, to the Jewish people. And that's the heart of God. Romans 1.16 is to the Jew first, Jews with priority, and also to the nations, to the Greeks, to the nations. And what Stuart and his family and friends are doing is, in very practical ways, demonstrating the love of God. If you're listening and you don't know why I'm going on about this, first of all, one side of my family is from what we called Russia, Poland, because I didn't know the word Belarus, never heard of it. But we're from Russia, Poland, which I was told by my grandparents was because the shifting borders were so dynamic because we were always being hounded and persecuted by somebody. Yeah. But Stuart 
and Chantal and the family, friends, and they are in those places bringing the gospel in a practical way to the Jewish survivors of the Holocaust. And I, I've done many television programs about the Holocaust, and I was blessed to be part of a ministry that did TV about these things. But this is an opportunity for you, if you're listening, to sow into the salvation of Israel, which is our mandate. You Gentiles are to provoke us to jealousy. Romans 11, to provoke us to understand who our own Messiah is. Look, Acts 15, the discussion was, can Gentiles be saved? Can they be included? But the end of the age, where we are now, is can Jews be saved? Can Jews be included? And the idea from God is both and. Absolutely, he can do this, and Stuart is doing that. So that's that's my commercial break. So back to what's currently on the docket for you guys. I, I appreciate the Passover outreach, and we've, we've had the privilege of sowing into that. And I'm always scouting out others that might partner with you. Uh, what's next for you and your family? Well, you know, I just want to pick up on one thing that you said, and I'm going to, I'm going to answer that question also. In addition to serving more than 500 Holocaust survivors, uh, more than 400 in Israel and about 100 in Belarus, I mentioned that God called us to plant Messianic Jewish congregation in Belarus, and and by His grace and with great people working together with us, we we planted four different congregations in Belarus. And in the 90s, we saw a great move of God in that part of the world, in Eastern Europe and in the former Soviet Union. And in the 12 years that we were there, we saw more than 400 people come to Yeshua, more than half of them Jewish, including Holocaust survivors and leaders of the Jewish community, come to faith, more than 200 uh, in those 12 years that we lived in Belarus. It was an amazing move of God. Now, it slowed down a little bit in the last few years, but what God has put on my heart is that he is getting ready to move in greater power power like we saw in the book of Acts when 10,000s of Jewish people were born again into the kingdom of God after the resurrection of Yeshua. Tens of thousands, just study the book of Acts and you'll see it, uh, were born into the kingdom. And we're going to see more and more Jewish people coming into the kingdom of God in this next decade. I am praying for tens of thousands again. You know, today people say, when I, when I say, wow, people say you had 250, more than 250 Jewish people born again, uh, immersed in water and growing in the Lord. Wow, that's a large number today. I believe the day is coming and it's coming soon, Miles, where people will say, you only had 5,000 Jewish people come through your ministry? Folks, I want to invite you to join your hearts and to ours and pray according to Romans 10.1 and uh, act and sow financially in whatever way you can into this end-time revival of the Jewish people that will bring spiritual riches and salvation to the world. And Romans 10.1, Apostle Paul prayed it, and it reflects the heart of Yeshua. He said, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for my people Israel is that they might be saved. 
And you know, when I do my teachings in the church and I, I ask all of my Christian friends, and I thank God for all of you, my Christian friends around the world, what's the biggest and best blessing you can give to anyone? And everyone shouts salvation in Jesus. And, and I say, amen. And then I ask, what's the biggest and best blessing that you can give to the Jewish people? And, you know, sometimes people are confused, but eventually they get it. Salvation in Jesus? Yes. And I say, amen. That's the biggest and best blessing you can give to the Jewish people. Salvation in Yeshua. So let's pray together for that. Let's labor together for that. Let's partner together for that. Uh, we're going to bless Holocaust survivors and the poor and needy practically. We're going to feed the hungry. We're going to give clothing to the poor and etc. But we want to love our Jewish people and the Gentiles into the kingdom of God, because that's the biggest and best blessing, salvation in Yeshua. That is so clear and accurate. And uh, for our listeners, if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, you just heard the connection. You know, uh, Matthew 13, 52 says that every scholar schooled by the kingdom brings forth treasures old and new. And you're hearing the connection between the Tanakh, the Older Testament, and the Brit Hadashah, the Newer Testament, about this ongoing work of God to bring his own people by priority, Romans 1.16, to himself and also to the nations. And you're hearing from Stuart, uh, the, the boots-on-the-ground version of that. I remember leading 40 pastors from 20 denominations on a tour of Israel. And one of the seminal moments was when we had everybody come in that we knew to speak to these pastors. And I remember Avner saying, if you keep the gospel from the Jews, that's an act of not loving them. Do not be, do not be afraid to bring Jesus before the Jewish people. It's connected to God's cosmic plan of salvation and his return is connected to the heart of love that he has to the natural seed of Abraham. And it's our obligation. And it's a great joy. It's not always easy. I'm sure Stuart can attest. It's not always easy. And sometimes it takes a long time. But the commitment to bring the word of the Lord to the Jewish people is very, very close, central to the heart of God. And Reach Initiative International is doing that. So, again, I want to encourage you to connect with and support what Stuart and his team are doing around the world. Stuart, I, I could do this for hours, but I think I need to let you go so you can live your life. <laughs> this podcast is called To Life. I tried to call it L'Chaim. My wife said, people will read L'Chaim and they won't know what you're talking about. So I did it in English, To Life, The Hope Behind the Headlines. Tell me, tell our listeners currently, I mean, you've done it for 45 minutes, but what is your hope behind the headlines, because the headlines are so devastating, so negative, so destructive right now. What is your hope behind the headlines? Yeah, you know, from the beginning of the pandemic, when, uh, you know, it struck confusion and fear into all of our hearts to one degree or another, I began to seek the Lord. I said, Lord, what are you wanting to accomplish through this? And uh, what I heard from the Lord is that I want to use this to shake my believers, first of all, the body of Christ, the body of Messiah, so that there is a great awakening, a new passion, 
a new fire for the things of the kingdom of God, for the salvation of the Jewish people and for the salvation of the nations, for making disciples and feeding the poor and ministering to the needy. He said, I want to awaken my my body like never before so that there's a, a, a great revival that will spill out into the highways and the byways, into the universities and into the streets and the shopping malls and everywhere so that my gospel will go more viral than this pandemic. And so I have been praying, laboring, teaching, imparting, instructing, encouraging regarding this. And uh, I believe, as I said before, we are just at the tip of the iceberg, Miles, of seeing a great harvest of the lost sheep of the house of Israel, not just a return to the land, which is great, the land of Israel, but a return to the God of Israel through Messiah Yeshua. And I am expecting God to use the partnership of Messianic Jews like you and I and the Christian world a partnership of embracing the heart of God for the salvation of the Jewish people and lighting up with fire for it in prayer, action, giving, and whatever else God might orchestrate for us. And we're going to see a great harvest from it. Amen. And that's prophetically what is in the word. There is going to be a great harvest on the return to Yeshua's coming back for us. Stuart, I could probably do this for hours, but I'm going to spare you. And I, I just want to thank you. I want to say to Adar Rabbah, thank you very much for taking the time and for being with us and our audience to, again, further a kingdom sense of what's going on and a, a international sense of what's going on and what the hope is behind the headlines. Uh, in the show notes, you'll see how to reach Stuart, how to contribute to his ministry and how to uh, just partner with the heart of God as he reaches with the lost sheep of the house of Israel and the importance of that relative to your faith and where you come from. So, Stuart, thank you. Miles, it's a delight to be with you and those that are listening. I love you, brother. I thank God for you and your family. So grateful that he sent you to my dad and uh, so grateful for what he's doing through you and your family. Anytime you want to repeat this, it will be my delight. And uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to pray a real quick prayer Please. over all those in your audience. Mm, please do. Okay. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, you are the glorious God. You are the God who made heaven and earth. You are our life giver. You are our life sustainer. And we are so grateful that you sent your Son to die for our sins, and he rose from the dead, and whoever believes in him will not only have a fullness of life on this earth, but eternal life. Yeshua, thank you so much for giving your life for us, Messiah of Israel, Savior of the Jewish people and the Gentiles. Lord God, I just want to take this opportunity to pray a blessing upon Miles, his family, and all those that are listening. I pray in a fresh new way that the joy of the Lord would fill 
our lives. I pray in a fresh new way, the awe of the Lord would fill our lives. I pray in a fresh new way, the power, supernatural power of God and the supernatural love of God would be manifest through our lives as we seek to walk with him and to love people into the kingdom of God with humility and perseverance and great compassion. I pray, Lord, bring grace to those who need healing. Lord, I pray you send a healing touch. Those who need deliverance from oppression and and depression, set them free. And those who need a new fire from heaven, Lord, send your fire to them. And may each of us make a decision that we are going to walk in faith and humility and intimacy with you and allow you to work in us and through us like never before for the glory of your name and for the salvation of the people of Israel and the nations. Bless, Lord, and have your way for your glory in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Brother, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Let's do this again a little bit down the road. Uh, We were blessed to be able to sow into your Passover initiative. I want to hear about it afterwards. So maybe we'll meet again in a couple of months. Sounds good to me, brother. Bless you. (laughs) Blessings. I'm encouraged. (laughs) I hope you are encouraged. Uh, I think that Stuart's story, his story of his family, what they're doing around the world, and the, the fact that they're bringing hope behind the headlines to people around the world, especially the few remaining Holocaust survivors who are a precious and special group to the heart of God. And I'm extremely grateful today that we were able to have you on. In the show notes, you'll see how to reach him, to support him and his work, to be part of what he's doing to bring the love of Yeshua, the the witness of the Jewishness of Jesus to Holocaust survivors and also to people around the world. Very encouraging and makes me think that there is hope behind the headlines.